Hey, you're listening to Be Your Best with Phil Haugen, where we explain the methods that help bridge the language barrier between horse and rider. Our goal with each episode is to provide you with the training philosophies that will help you to be your best every day. Hey everybody, this is Phil Haugen, and thanks for joining us for this episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. It is, I'm recording this episode um, the middle of June, actually June 15th. It's uh, Monday morning, the sun's just starting to peak up on the horizon, and I'm back home from a really busy three weeks um, where I've been to uh, Minokin, North Dakota, back to Seguin, Texas. From Seguin, I went to uh, Stephenville, Texas for a, for a private clinic, came home for a day or two, and then headed to North Dakota for a uh, horsemanship clinic and a breakaway school, breakaway roping school with Kelsey Chase that we did back to back, and then had one day off and drove back um, Left there at like 3.30 in the morning, got back home at 9 o'clock that night. Had this weekend to be home, and I've got all this week and part of next week. And then I go to Denison, Iowa for two back-to-back clinics. We had one clinic scheduled, and our waiting list grew to the point where we split it into two two clinics. So it's been, uh, you know, and, and, and of course, obviously, you're, on the scheduling, you know, there were some things that got changed and, and, uh, you know, when I was doing the, uh, the North Dakota to Texas back to North Dakota, I got to thinking, you know, uh, I don't know if that's the smartest way to schedule, but that's the way everything ended up. So, um, yeah, from Minoka, North Dakota, it's, it's a good 16 hours home. And then it's another nine and a half to Seguin from my place. <laughs> So basically, I was going not border to border, but not that far from being border to border. So um, I've gotten some windshield time in here in the last three weeks. My my customer horses have ob- obviously been on break for a little bit, but uh, you know my customers understand that, and they understand that you know I'll make those rides up on the back end and everything will be the way it's supposed to be. So, uh, and I appreciate it that they're like that. Um, so anyway, thinking about, you know, I've, I've done, uh, I did a podcast talking about the Minokin clinic and one about the Seguin clinic and, and have some other stuff in there about the private clinic. And, um, today I'm going to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things we worked on up at the in up at the clinic in Dickinson, North Dakota, at the Cutting West Ranch, and uh, Broden and Melissa, uh, if you're listening, thanks a bunch for all your hospitality. It was just an awesome place and beautiful facility, and we just had a ton of fun. And you know, reflecting back on the clinic itself, uh, typical typical clinic as far as you know, the riders were pretty darn advanced. You know, I talk about this a lot, and I don't know if it's just, you know, the the type of person that I attract to come to one of my clinics or 
or if just everybody out there is like this now, but everybody's to me compared to where I was at that age is it just seems to me like the horsemanship is so much more advanced than it used to be. Now, granted, there's always, there's always people that are at a point where they're, they're, you know, have a challenge or a struggle. And, and I talk about this a lot at the clinics is what, when we're in that situation and, and I have to remind myself of this too, when we're in that situation where we're really being challenged and, and we're really struggling how how we perceive that and how we react to it is everything because really and truly when we're being challenged and we're facing a struggle that's when we're getting better and it's real hard in those situations to have the attitude of gratitude or being thankful for that challenge because that challenge is what's stimulating your brain to think and stimulating you to be motivated to get better because we want to we want to get past that that challenge or that uncomfortable spot you know to where we're back being comfortable and you know I think that's one of the I think that's one of the philosophies of horsemanship that it's it's really hard for people to understand and to change the way they react to those situations because I tell everybody you know over a two-day clinic at some point at some point we're going to do something where you're frustrated and your horse is frustrated and and the two go hand in hand you know if you're frustrated there's a real good chance your horse is going to be frustrated because why would why wouldn't he or she be frustrated you know, if, if I don't know what I'm doing and I'm not sure how to do it, why would they know how to do it? And why would they know, you know, if I don't know for sure how to ask for a certain response, why would my horse know the response? So, but at the same time, knowing that and understanding that, I think it helps us to understand, okay, in, instead of reacting to that in a way with anxiety and frustration, we start to go through the thought process of finding the answer to that challenge. And I really think that's one of the big things that changes your horsemanship. Um, since uh, the horsemanship clinic at Mino or uh, at Dickinson at the Cutting West Ranch, I got home on Thursday night. Last Thursday night, we were... Uh, Friday, we're just here working, and then Saturday, I had another private clinic with a young group of trainers, and, uh, well, I say that, they were all younger than me, um, but a really good group of trainers, good horses, and we, we talked about this same thing. I mean, there's, um, the reason they were here is because they had some challenges, and I think when they left, understanding that challenges are good things challenges are what makes us better doesn't matter if it's dealing with a horse a child a situation with your business those challenges um are what elevate us to another level and and you know that's it's there's always a point and, and i think this applies to 
this is going to apply to most people that are listening to this. There's always a point where if you push the limits and you're trying to get better, you're going to meet with those challenges. Now, if you don't, if you're fine without ever pushing the limits and, and challenging yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. But don't expect to get to, to the next level with your horsemanship and, and with the progression of your horse in training. Because, um, you know, to get better at anything, sometimes we got to be okay with getting uncomfortable. And I know, uh, you know, my daughter, Hannah, she's been, uh, she's been roping more and trying to, uh, trying to get ready to go to some events. And, you know, we've had this conversation about, you know, let your hair down a little bit. You got to, you got to get uncomfortable. You got to, you know, you, sometimes you kind of got to practice like your hair's on fire and to, to elevate yourself to that, to that next level. And, and she understands that we've, she's lived that, you know, th- through all the times that, you know, the thousands of calves that she ran here at the place, you know, while she was in, well, from the time she was probably nine or 10 years old till she graduated from high school. And even then in college, she went to college here at Southwestern Oklahoma State for two years before she transferred to Tarleton. And, you know, so she she gets that, you know, and she understands that. And it's all about how you react to that situation where you, where you put yourself in that zone where you're not comfortable. You know, and we, we all need to, we all need to understand that um, during the, there's going to be a time. And, and I talked about this. I talk about this at every clinic. There's going to be time when we're doing an exercise that maybe the rider slash trainer has never done. And if they've never done it, there's a real good chance the horse hasn't done it. Right. So then you have two animals that are, that are unsure or insecure about what they're doing. Because if you've never done an exercise before, why would you have a lot of confidence in it? I mean, confidence is developed through correct repetitions. The, the more you repeat an exercise and the more comfortable you get with that exercise and the more comfortable you get, the better your timing is with your release and the better your timing is with your release the more confidence your horse starts to gain because they understand that they are finding the response you're asking for because of that release. And, you know, the, the more you do that, the better you're going to get at it. But to begin with, I mean, there's going to be some anxiety. There's going to be a challenge involved. And at some point, you know, at some point every day, you're, you're going to have probably, you know, two animals that are a little frustrated, you know, and whether you're in a clinic situation or a training situation at the house, I mean, as you progress a horse in their training, you know, there's those situations are going to arise. Now you can't, I don't think anybody can go through this process with a horse, whatever it is, whatever your discipline, whatever you're doing, and not encounter challenges. I just, I can't do it. I know that. I'm, I'm gonna, like today, I've got, uh, 
uh, out there right now. I think there'll be nine head to ride today. And with each of those horses, I'm going to, I'm going to meet a challenge at some point, whatever that is. Maybe it's with my lateral flexion. Maybe, it, maybe it's with my collection. Maybe it's with my one rain stops, you know, maybe when I go to lope circles, they're drifting in or drifting out. You know, there, there's going to be a challenge with every one of them. And I, I don't think you can stop that or keep from it. But the one thing you can control is how you react to that challenge. And the, the one thing that I see a lot with trainers and especially people that are pretty advanced or, or at least they're in the mindset they're, that they're really, really trying hard. And, and what happens then is they start to cr- try to correct the mistake before it happens, or they, they feel they get into a situation where prior to that, this horse, the horse reacted in a certain way that was undesirable, was not what they were wanting it to do. And so they micromanage it and they correct it before the mistake happens. And I think when we do that, and believe me, I've been guilty of it. Holy buckets have I been guilty of it. But what happens when you do that, you you take and you take a training or learning opportunity away from you, yourself, and your horse. It, it's really hard for us to slow our hands down and let our horses make mistakes. And because especially as a as a trainer, and we're all, like I said, we're all trainers. As a trainer, we, we want to, we want things to be perfect. You know, we want that horse to be almost robotic. We want, want them to be like a programmed computer. And that's not the way it's going to be. And so we, we try to micromanage. And by doing that, we think we're making them perfect. But what we're doing is frustrating them because you're correcting something that maybe was just about to happen or was going to happen or you thought was going to happen, but, but at the same time, the horse hasn't done it. And so, you know, by letting our horses make mistakes, we're giving ourselves a training opportunity and giving our horses a learning opportunity, understanding what's desirable or what we're asking for and what we aren't asking for. And, and when we do that, even though we are with that opportunity, we're, we're correcting our horse, but by doing that, by letting the mistake happen and then correcting it, it means so much more to that horse. And because once you correct it by, applying pressure or contact until you get the desired response. You know, once you, once you get the desired response and you have that opportunity to release, then your horse, the light bulb in your horse's head goes off and they go, Oh, okay. This is where I'm supposed to be. Or this is what the response they were looking for. And, and you know, if it happens again, four five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 times, Look at every opportunity as a training opportunity, not as though, you know, don't look at it like this horse is just trying to be a donkey, which nothing against donkeys, 
you know, that's, that's just a, that's just a phrase, but you know, your horse isn't trying to be, you know, a jack wagon. They, they just don't understand what response you're looking for. So you may have to repeat it several times, but they will eventually get it. The, what happens is, is once they do it once, okay, and we correct it. Well, the next time we anticipate them doing it, and then we want to correct it right away. And, you know, looking back at the horsemanship clinic up there in Dickinson, you know, there, there were a few riders that were really advanced and really good trainers. And, but the one thing we had to work on was slowing our hands down, meaning don't correct the mistake until it happens. When, when you slow your hands down, you give your horse an, a little more time, a little more of an opportunity to find the right answer. It's, and it's really hard to slow our hands down. I mean, I, I know myself, when I, when I get out there this morning and I swing my leg over for the first time, you know, that's one of the first things I got to tell myself is, you know, it's, it's Monday morning. You know, the horses are going to be a little fresh. They are, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be, it's going to get hot today, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling the pressure to get to work and get quality rides on my horses before it gets too hot. And, but at the same time, so that, so that makes you, you know, that makes you kind of get in a hurry if you let it. And, and I don't want to let that happen. I don't want to get in a hurry. I want to take my time. I want to help my horses find the right responses. And I want to, I want today to set up tomorrow's session to where it's even better. And, and so, you know, it will be, it will be a challenge for me today to not micromanage and to let my, leave my hand down and let my horses, let my horses give them the opportunity to find the right answer. And if they don't, then help them. You know, that's a real big, and I know I've talked about this before, but I, I think it, I think it uh, is worthy of repetition every so often because we all need to understand that, you know, with speed and adrenaline, your reactions with your hands and your the strength of your body gets even stronger and faster. Your hand speed gets faster with adrenaline. Your strength gets stronger with adrenaline. So you always got to ask yourself, am I given when I when the money's up or I'm under the clock, am I giving my horse the same signals as I do when I'm on just a normal practice day? Well, the answer is probably no right? I mean, just think about it. What, what happens when you get in, you know, a competition situation? I don't care if you're fighting the flu, you know, all of a sudden when you back in the box or you come down the alleyway, you, you could have been so sick, you couldn't hold your head up. And then all of a sudden you're on point and, and you've got those, that adrenaline takes over. I think we really have to think about that and remember that because just when you get in different situations, you know, in a, in a competition type situation, whether it's in the rope and the barrel racing, 
in any number of other disciplines, I think we have to understand, okay, what signals are we sending with our body and our hands to our horses? Um, are we giving them the opportunity to work or are we micromanaging them up there? It, it's been a, it's been a real challenge. Uh, that's been a real challenge for me my whole life because like I've talked about before for the first, you know, in the early years back in the eighties when I was, you know, I started, like I've talked about before, I started riding horses for the public in 1981. And, you know, those horses I rode back in the eighties, I can promise you, it was probably a rare day where I got my hands slowed down to where they should be. And, you know, I look back and I'm, you know, I, I'm not like remorseful, but I look back and I wish, gosh, I wish, wish I would have thought of that then, you know, and now that's one of the things I look at some of the young trainers out there, you know, I'll get, I'll get young people that are 14, 15 years old. I had at that clinic, I had one young man that just turned 13 and you know, he's doing some things at 13 that I didn't even have any idea what it, what that was when I was 13 years old. I, I could ride, but I didn't have any concept of horsemanship principles other than just get on and do it. And, you know, I look at, you know, just like at the roping school up there, there was girls from... Oh, probably 14, 15, 16, 17 years old. There was a half a dozen, half a dozen of them in that age group. And my gosh, you know, they're, they don't realize how advanced they are for their ages. And, but, but there's just, you know, there's a lot of information out there and, there's a lot of people that are going to schools and clinics and, and, you know, my, just like my private clinics increase every week, you know, and, and I think, I think just like that, slowing your hands down and understanding to let your horse make mistakes, that that's not such a, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing because that that's, that's just part of the learning process. You know, you look at all of us, as human beings, as we've started school and went through, you know, elementary, junior high, high school, you know, we've made mistakes the whole way. Every day we'd make a mistake, whether it be on a math problem or reading assignment, whatever. And we would correct the mistakes and, and we would get better. That's part of the way we got better. Well, it's the same way with horses, you know, just like today, I know those horses, I've, I've got a really nice set of horses like I usually do. I mean, I've got great customers and I ride, I get to ride great horses. I mean, I'm just very, very fortunate. Um, but at the same time, a great horse is a product you develop. They don't just show up being great. Um, it's, I talk about this a lot at my schools that you know, what it takes to make a great horse is really pretty basic and fairly simple. You know, the, the things that it takes to make a great horse are easy to do, 
but they're also easy not to do. Just like letting them make mistakes so we have the opportunity to have a learning moment. That That's hard to do because you get to where you know that horse, you know that animal so well that we anticipate what they're anticipating doing. And, and you need to, it's just like I watch, uh, I see this, I see this in the box all the time. I mean, it can be calf rope and team rope and bulldog. And I see people correcting what they think that horse is going to do before the horse does it in the box. Well, pretty soon the, the horse is spinning out right, spinning out left. You know, the horse is frustrated. And then you watch those horses that score really good. And those guys walk in and they put their hand down. They put pick up lightly on them, set them back in the corner. They might put their hand down again and then pick up and just put contact in their mouth, be ready and nod. And, and those horses usually score really good. Well, the reason is, is because those horses understand what their job is. And there's, you know, some horses are, you know, somewhat natural scorers and some horses hate the corner. Um, but at the same time, I, th I think a lot of that is, is created. A horse that's a natural scorer, I think is a horse that somebody has rode in such a way that that horse pretty much understands every signal that that rider is sending them. A horse that isn't, I think probably rides around in the field a little anxious and insecure, just like they are in the box. Um, you know, things, little things like that, you know, a person always has to think about. It's, uh, you know, letting our horses make mistakes. That, that's not the worst thing that can happen. It's just like today. The first thing I'll do with those horses after I go through my warm-up ritual is, is you know, I'm going to put my hand down and, and let them, let them pick up a, you know, do a, put my hand down, do a lead departure, go to lope circles, and I'm going to try to leave my hand down and just let them, let them find their way. If I've got to help them, I will. But at the same time, if right away, you know, I get on those horses and I start to micromanage them right away, am I going to create anxiety or am I going to create understanding? More than likely anxiety. With anxiety, you have a loss of confidence. That horse is going to lose confidence. You're going to, you're going to, if, if not shatter their confidence, you're going to, you're definitely going to weaken their confidence. Okay. So, you know, as my day starts, I really, I have to be aware of that every day, every day. And I've got to, I've got to slow my hands down so that my horse's you know, are starting to react off that feel first and then my hands because we always send a signal with our body first and then our hands come second. You know, and that's that's the way my day is going to be today and, and I encourage each of you to try that today when you work your horse. Understand that it's okay if they make mistakes. Really, if you have a day full of mistakes with your horse and you handle it and you address it properly, you have an opportunity to progress your training to a whole new level and progress 
that horse in their training to a whole new level that day. So just just one of the many things that I see um, almost, well, I see it at every clinic. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I see it all the time. And so just something to think about. Um, we're about out of time. Uh, thank you. Uh, we really, really appreciate our listeners and we appreciate all the feedback. Um, hope you have a great week of training. Be safe. God bless. And all, as always, be your best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, Head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at philhavenhorsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.